0: Good morning everybody, Then not it just want to make you clap when I walk up the stairs without the rail, isn't that a wonderful thing, yeah, uh, thanks Andrew for the updates on Outlinks and all that, what a joy it is uh, to serve, uh, we'll also have a presence on Wednesday at Bob's, uh, whatever it's called, Bob's Meat Wagon, meat wagon. and uh, what we do there is, you know, we, we just in mass go and serve the shifts throughout the day and... Uh, and then whatever they give us goes towards missions, towards outlook. It's just, it's just we keep pouring, you know. It, just, it keeps coming in and we just keep pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. Uh, we're privileged to be there Thursday night to greet people uh, all through the fairgrounds. What a wonderful thing it is to represent you, to represent the Lord, but also to represent you. Well, this is a good day. I've, I had to cut my greeting a little short. I haven't gotten to greet some of you. I'll look for you later, but uh, we're speaking earlier because we're going to leave you for baptism times, and I know there's a lot of family and friends here for baptism. This is a celebration hoedown. Man, we clap and cheer. There's nothing better than people publicly declaring their faith in Jesus Christ. And so we do that on a regular basis, and we're going to celebrate big time today. And I, I've asked him not to scald us in the hot tub over here today. I said either that or put jets in it, okay, so we'll know it's a spa, Whatever. It's going to be good. All right, well, we've been in a kind of an a extended little series here. It's, it's called Words Matter, and this is the third and final. And next week, we'll be going into a series, a longer series, called I Am a Christian. And the significance of that in practical ways, we're going to work as a team on that series, excited about that. But today, our big word is Thanks. Thanks. And I pray that this will make a practical difference. I try to do messages that are really practical that we can take away and plug our lives into. So we're springboarding off of this verse in Luke 6.45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. This sounds like something in Proverbs too, doesn't it? And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. We don't much like to talk about good versus evil, but it's real, if it's ever been. But the last part is the the kicker here. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I've been telling teenagers that for years when I was a youth pastor. That's still true, isn't it? Words don't just come from nowhere, they come from the heart. And the Bible says, guard your heart because out of your heart flow the issues of life. Agreed? So Mark Batterson wrote, he said, basically words create worlds. If you wanna change your life, change your words. In other words, the quality of life many times is predicted by the words you use. Words matter. I'm so thankful that my mom was a wordsmith, and she just was a policeman over, over the kind of words we spoke to one another, to ourselves. I mean, I didn't always like it at the time, but man, we never got away with it. Never did, and I, I'm so thankful for that. Proverbs 18, 21, for example, does speak to this issue. It says, what you say can mean life or death. And that, did you hear that? Is that important or what? What you say can mean life or death. Yes, you, don't don't look at somebody else or or a spouse or a kid, no, you. You're creating the environment in your place, the very one you're complaining about possibly, you're contributing to it by the words you speak or maybe don't speak. It goes on to say, those who speak with care will be rewarded. In other words, I think God keeps tabs of those things. And you know what I jotted down on the margin uh, on my, on my uh, notepad and my phone so I wouldn't forget? It's something like this. I think when we stand before the Lord, we're gonna, we think we're at the end that we're accountable for lives. In a lot of times we think he's going he's gonna to say, you, you did this and you did that and depart from me. I never knew you. I think, I think he's going to be more interested in, he's going to ask us more about what we didn't do and why. Does that make sense? what we didn't do, the things that we omitted, that we overlooked, so we wanna focus in on that. So if you wanna change your relationships, and I believe this is all in my heart, no matter where they are, and you don't need two, my mother always said, one can make a huge difference, she taught us, you can change your relationships if you wanna do that, you've got to change your words, because I wanna tell you, it's not just words, but how many of you know body language goes along with words? How many of you have been body language this week? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like somebody (sighs) rolling their eyes or whatever. Make the best choice and do it for God and do it for good. What's for God is always good. So please, I started with, it opens hearts and minds and doors. Just graciousness in that way. We talked next about sorry. That has to do with all things apologizing and forgiving. Have you taken action on what the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Thanks. And we'll just say today that this message is about really about gratitude. We're going to wrap it up in gratitude. We want to create a gratitude momentum in our lives. Not just for the moment, but for something that will gain momentum throughout our lives. It will be a posture of living, if you will. So thanks. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a million. Thank you kindly. I can't thank you enough. I want you to know I am truly grateful. That's even more powerful than thanks over your shoulder. Look in somebody the eye and say, thank you. I am truly grateful to you. I'm truly grateful to God for you. So I would suggest maybe, think about this, in a loose sense, that thankful's good and it's a feeling that's here, we just think about it, My, our parents said we should say it and we do, we throw it over our shoulder. But, but being grateful is more like it leads to action. It's a posture, gratefulness is. It's a state of being, it becomes a state of being that we live out of, that's the overflow It's a humble recognition and declaration that every good and perfect gift ultimately comes from God. Agreed? James 1.17. I'll read it. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. In other words, he never changes, and since he never changes, that's a license for us to always be grateful. How often should you be grateful? Always. Always. Everything good is from God and it is for God. He does so many things that we overlook miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. How many more miracles do we need? Don't take the God things for granted. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Take them with gratitude, if you will. Receive them with gratitude. Receiving all things from God that are good with gratitude. I love Psalm 118, I quote it often, verse 24 in the New King James, this, I, I play on words, I circle words. They, they hit me different times I read it. The, the word that jumped out, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I like to personalize it. I go, this is the day that the Lord has made, Nathan, and I will, you will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not gonna let the day dictate, the circumstance of the day dictate my level of gratitude. I don't have to, you don't have to, we don't have to. Any takers there? This kind of gratitude means living each day like it's the first day and the last day of your life on earth. You just wanna live it with wide-eyed wonder. You know what I'm talking about? Wide-eyed wonder. This day is a gift that has never been and will never be repeated again. Think about that. Do you think this day is special? This is a day to offer to the Lord. I'm about to get excited about this because I believe this can change our lives, can change our family, it can change the atmosphere, it can change the world. Look for something God and something good every day. Look for the things you've never noticed before. Don't be blind to his blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Be attentive. Don't miss what's right in front of you. Sometimes we miss out on the things that are so close that we overlook them, do we not? Maybe this would be a good action point. Just jot it down on the flyleaf of your mind, no less. Make it your goal this day and every day to look for something good. Maybe something new that you can point and praise about. Matthew 28 and 29 of chapter six, it just says, don't worry about all the small things. Consider the lilies. They don't work at it. But he said, Solomon isn't even clothed like the glory and splendor that I've been part of. This. In other words, if I can take the care of them, don't you think of that I can take care of you? I just want you to be filled with gratitude and appreciate the lilies. Appreciate the things that I've made for your Favorite, I was thinking about the gorgeousness of these late summer, uh, not quite fall days, and, and you know when, when we have great weather around here, how many of you know you can't find better weather anywhere in the world than right here on the good days? And I know some days we can have all four seasons in one week, I like to say, or we can have all four seasons in one day, but man, in weather like this, isn't it just the best, like 78 and sunny? And I've been thinking about that, that it's time with this posture of gratitude to focus on the delicate, creative finesse in flowers. That's a good line, and that my, my writing teacher would be impressed. The delicate, creative finesse in flowers, I mean, is it, I mean, I so enjoy driving by and seeing your flowers. You know what I'm saying? Because that means you have to take care of them. But I want you to know I'm grateful and I really enjoy them. Or savor a late summer sunrise or sunset. And if you don't know how to do that, then just drive to the west side of the church and park in the parking lot and just gaze at the beauty with God's signature all over the horizon. And that happens nearly every evening of all seasons. Or how about this, I did this last night when I let Charlie out for his final stop before nighttime. Stare into the endless, stunning, starlit night sky. Have you ever done that? Does that take your breath away or what? Oh my lands. Gratitude looks like this. Living each day for the purpose of pointing and praising. Have you heard that line before? Living each day, our purpose, our gratitude-filled purpose is to live each day to point and praise. Almighty God, praise God from whom all blessings flow. We sing that over and over again. Sometimes we sing it before a meal, and that'd be really do. I good to do. I think today when you're out there, if there's a number of you in a restaurant, you just ought to have a flash mob and somebody say, praise God from whom. Just fill the place with praise of God. What are they gonna do, kick you out before you pay your bill? I doubt it. I'd just like to give you practical things that you can do today, huh? <laughs> Everything good is from God, and it's good. Well, let me, I, I, I love this because gratitude and worship are so closely linked together, did you know that? And worship is more than a song. Really, worse, worship is a posture of gratefulness. It's just the overflow, we can't contain it. We are so overwhelmed with God's goodness and faithfulness to us that we just can't stop, right? We just can't stop. We get excited about it. We get passionate about it. We sing songs like this, for example. I I don't know about the the title, but pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out praise. I mean, how can we do anything else? So let me just give you a quick lesson here that breathing deeply, they say, is healthy. Is that true? I mean, some of you don't try it. Be careful here because you might pass out because you haven't taken deep breaths for so long. But they say it's healthy, and the ability to do so is a sign of good health. Y- y- your heart's break for people that have issues, and they can't get a deep breath. And if you've ever had asthma or something like that, in a tank, you feel like you're smothering. That's one of the scariest things in the world, is it not? But let's just try it right now. I mean, just where you are, just kind of take a deep breath. Come on, as much as you can give, just, just do it right now. Just take a deep one, and then just slowly just kind of exhale, blow it out. Did that feel good or what? Did it? You know, here, this this points to God and praises Him. Because I want to point out the breathing is normal, natural, and automatic, and we take it for granted until our oxygen supply is cut off. It's like my brother, one of my brothers, both of whom were pastors, true story, he was visiting somebody that was quite ill and they had an oxygen tube, and he was praying up a storm for God's touch on them, and all the person started making all kinds of motions and like that, and he, he was stepping on their oxygen cord and it cut off supply. I'm going to tell you, that brought that prayer to an abrupt end, I wanna tell you that. True story. But here's what I wanna tell you. What we just did a moment ago, that wasn't automatic. We switched from automatic to manual control and we do have a choice. You follow me? I said take it, you're breathing all along, but I said now let's take a deep breath. So from auto to, to manual and like we can do it. And I just wanna point out about this gratitude thing, you have a choice about what you wanna do. You, you can do it, you, you can be different, you can make a change and aren't you glad that it isn't based upon anybody else? Is something that you can do. Psalm 156 says it. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I think that includes everybody in this room. Would you agree? Do you have breath? Praise the Lord. That's what we're to do. Those of you driving in the car, people we love, coming home from vacation, those of you that couldn't get out today online, if you have breath, the Bible says use it to praise the Lord. That's what we call pointing and praising. If you're breathing, you have the privilege and responsibility, in other words, of praising God. If you have breath, you have life. And I want to tell you, if you have breath and life, God isn't done with you yet, regardless of the season you're in. He's not done. It's your breath, Lord, in my lungs. I'm going to pour out my praise to you. I love it. I've read, some of you have read about, in Hebrew, the name of Yahweh was considered so sacred that they wouldn't say it out loud, so they removed vows, according to the scholars, the, 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 the Y-H-W-H is the sound of breathing. Now, now hang on here. This, this is powerful. Think about that. If that's true what some scholars say, then you whisper the name of the Almighty with every breath you take. What a gift from God. I just got goosebumps on that one. Every single breath you take is a gift from God. Don't overlook it. Whether you know it or not, praising God with every breath you take, you're inhaling and exhalating, exhaling, if you will, exhalating, I don't know what that is, but inhaling and exhaling. Gratitude is thanking God for something he has done, and then it takes it to another. Faith and is living in gratitude for who God is, trusting him to do it before he does it. Did you hear me? Trusting him, living in gratitude, because you know he's gonna do it again. Regardless what it is, well, let's recalculate a little bit and refocus. Did you know that there are far more synonyms, and I, you can find this to be true, about negative terms than for positive? For example, there's way more words about pain than pleasure. You can check it out. Do a, do a search for synonyms. So what we're saying is, a practical takeaway is I'm suggesting today that your gratitude before God and man should become less generic and get more and more specific. In your gratitude, get specific. What are you grateful for? Who are you grateful for? Be specific. I looked up the words, and we've sung it from time to time recently, but gratitude, I, I think Brandon Lake sings it. I don't know who wrote it, but... These words go, I've got one response, and we're thinking this way. I've got one response. I've got just one move with my arms stretched wide. I will worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again because all that I have is a hallelujah. You know, hallelujah, that's like the doxology. That's what it really is. And I know it's not much the songwriter goes, but I've nothing else fit for the king, for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. How's that for admonition? Man, if we come in with that mindset every time we gather for worship, I wanna tell you the lid would blow off this place, and people would, see, could, would come just to see the explosion. Don't you agree? Oh, I read again that Orthodox Jews still pronounce many blessings each day, and I mean unbelievable the numbers that they try to go for, but when they say a blessing before and after, before and after a meal, and sometimes I, like, I suggest maybe you do the blessing after the meal today instead of just at the beginning, or both, okay? Do that. Just saying, Lord, this food wasn't particularly good, but you are. <laughs> Whatever you need to say. Just be really careful about how you phrase that, okay? But you know what they did, Orthodox Jews? They thank God for the ingredients in the main dish. Man, some of the things my mother's made, I would have a hard time thanking God for some of those ingredients. I'd rather just say chili and not go on kidney beans and large hunks of hamburger and stewed tomatoes. You know what I'm saying? But they do. But they also celebrate and bless the aromas and taste too. They are specific. What they're teaching us is Look for the blessings of God and be specifically filled with gratitude. Thank him and praise him specifically for the good things he's done. I want to tell you, that'll take you out of an eeyore tailspin in a hurry. Yeah? Hey, I'm doing pretty good today if I do say so myself. I don't have a cheering section up here, so I'll (laughs) lean on you. Oh, yeah. The more specific your thanks and gratitude, the more powerful it is. In other words, if I get a card, and I, I don't like you just as, I'm not collecting autographs. I've told you before, I don't like your signature. Write something, you know. Say something you're grateful for. It doesn't have to be about me, but point and praise. I love that. Maybe you've heard this, but Nikola, uh, Nikola Tesla was a celebrated inventor. He was known to be brilliant with a genius, near genius level or genius level IQ. He was granted more than 100 U.S. patents. But listen to this, listen to this, I love this. It is reported that during thunderstorms, he would sit on a couch near his window in his home, and every time the lightning flashed and the thunder clapped and peeled, he would stand to his feet and he would applaud God. He gave God standing ovations because I mean, it is truly magnificent, isn't it? I mean, you know when the wonder and roars, thunder rips and roars in the middle of the night and it, not, it nearly knocks you out of bed? Maybe you just ought to stand up before you get back in bed and praise God. Give him a standing ovation. He was pointing and praising, in other words. I love that, he'd stand to his feet applauding God. I have a pet thing, a pet peeve, and that is uh, I, I think we give way too many standing ovations. You know, we do up and down, it's like, a, it's like a State of the Union speech or whatever, every other phrase, up and down, up and down. You know it's not that good, any of it, regardless who's giving it. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And too many standing ovations diminish ovation, standing ovations. Agree? But I'm to tell you, when it comes to God, He deserves a standing ovation. Would you agree? I mean, when you see the sunset, you ought to get out of your car in the back of the church and just say, yay God, look at the stars, look at the flowers, whatever, that's what I'm talking about. Give God a standing ovation. And if you do that, especially in a public place, people will just give you the strangest look. And if you look up or something, then they'll all start looking up too and maybe they'll get the drift, huh? And maybe they'll start doing it too. Just do it, look up, look up, look up. Point and praise. I love that idea of giving God a standing ovation. I'll ask you, when was the last time you pointed and praised? When's the last time you applauded God? Even, I love it because Tesla was applauding God in the middle of the storm. I could go off on that, couldn't I? I'm just asking, not accusing. Thanksgiving should begin with things you and I take for granted. Cultivate gratitude for the things that you overlook and underappreciate. And I would say once again that sunsets are at the top of the list. We have a propensity towards complaining, towards looking at the dark side. And when you read the Old Testament, if you do, and you should, because why would you want to read only the second half of any book, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. But we're so hard on the children of Israel who complain, like just a short time out of Egypt when God miraculously fed them with the manna, they stopped seeing the good and benefit of it, and they started complaining about it. The miraculous, the miracle of manna, they started complaining about it because they were so familiar with it. They overlook the miraculous nature of it. So let's be careful about judging them because we do the same kind of thing. Think about it. When it comes to thankfulness, when it comes to gratitude, we often have a selective memory. It depends on the day. It depends on the circumstances. So many things. If you're looking for something to be negative about, complain about, you'll always find it. It's there, it's there, it's there, it's there. Like the caddy, remember, was looking for weeds at the Augusta National Golf Club. He found one, but totally missed the beauty, the stunning beauty of the place. But if you're looking for something to give thanks for, to be gratitude-filled about, you'll always find it. And listen to me, your thoughts will produce attitudes and words, and those things, listen, right now, not just will, but are filling your interior space. That's why the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, because it's what your interior space is filled with. Did you catch that? Somebody ought to write that down. I did. So let's determine by God's grace. This isn't self help. It all begins with a love relationship with God where you fall in love with Him and you just never get over it. You never get over that sense of gratitude for what Jesus did on the cross providing forgiveness for our sin. But we need to develop and cultivate that gratitude attitude, if you will. You've heard of Viktor, Viktor Frankl. He wrote a powerful book after being released from Nazi prison, Concentration Camp, Man's Search for Meeting. But he was a psychiatrist arrested and imprisoned by the Nazis, spent three years in four different concentration camps. He was stripped of everything and was reduced to a number. He lost his wife, his father, his mother in those death camps. But sometimes after, release, after his release, he wrote these words. Listen, and, I, and I'm focusing this towards gratitude. Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Could I get a yes, Pastor, on that one? He said, we have the freedom. It's not automatic. We go into manual, and we can choose to be grateful, I'm saying, with his application in any circumstance, no matter what it may be. And to me, this gratitude attitude, that's, That's the difference between striving and thriving. Striving is about isolation, anxiety, depression that produce an attitude of hopelessness and helplessness. You feel like the best is behind you. You have apathy instead of empathy. You have a lack of motivation, focus, and vision, but let's go gratitude, attitude, and that leads us to thriving, a great word, right, Pastor Andrew? It's optimism and empathy and authenticity and inner joy, self-esteem, a strong sense of purpose. You feel like there's more to come, and the best is yet to come. It lifts you, and it lifts others. Did you know that gratitude gives a buoyancy not just to you but also it changes the atmosphere around you it can give a buoyancy to your family they need to see gratitude in you how long do I have till when do I need to sit down oh wow it could be that the best is yet to come and I have to sit down well I'm gonna skim here One of the one of the, the biggest things we're fighting in our present culture, and I've addressed it a number of times, we'll continue. I did a series on Elijah some months ago, or years ago now, and we talked about that after a great stunning victory where God showed his power against the 450 pagan prophets of Baal, remember? The Bible said he went alone into the wilderness, and he went into a free fall funk, you remember? And I love the thought that we've never been more connected but we've never been more disconnected because digital doesn't do it. It creates distance, and I wanna tell you, distance damages relationships over time. You can write that down. I wanna say distance damages, I know sometimes it's absolutely necessary, but nobody wants to live in a love relationship at a distance forever, agreed? Over time, that relationship is gonna go bankrupt. We need each other. I just was alluding, and I'm, I'm skimming here, Booth, uh, in, in Exodus, when you remember the Israelites were fighting and Moses was their leader and he was holding up their hands, his hands as long as he did. They were winning, but his hands got so weary and they brought a rock, Aaron and her brought a rock and set him on it, and his arms got weary and they held up his arms so that they could prevail. And I'm just saying, we really do need each other. Even godly men like Elijah and Moses, and how much more do we? And, and I would just suggest something practical about this. This is gratitude, I, I, I wanna hang out with people who are gratitude filled, who have a gratitude attitude. How about you? I mean, you can't, not a, that's not gonna in everybody at work, but you're not really hanging out with people at work. There's a difference. It's, it's about who you choose to hang out with. I remember, I, forgive me for repeating a story, but there's always so many new people, most of you don't remember anyway. But when I played basketball at Olivet University, I didn't particularly enjoy all the running we were required to do before the season began, I can tell you that. We were ex- if God would have intended me to run, he would have given me four legs instead of two. We were expected to show up in shape and had to prove it by running a time mile. I mean, it was a stringent time mile or or we couldn't even we were automatically cut. Along the way I met a young man named Kent. He was wasn't like me at all. He was crazy. He was excellent he was a, he was an excellent skinny distance runner. Aren't all distance runners skinny by the way? Don't you just resent that? He ran constantly all the time, so I began to run with him, or should I say run behind him. He set the pace and I just tried to stay close and draft off of him. It was so much better not running alone, and in so doing, listen, I ran faster and I ran further, and I was in the best shape of my life because I was drafting off so, of somebody that was so good. Oh, I like that. Do you see the application? whether you know it or not, you're drafting off of your time with God, that relationship, love relationship, but you also, and you're also drafting off of people. And if you're hanging out with negative downtrodden people, and I'm not talking to people you're called to minister to and reach out to, but if you're not walking shoulder to shoulder people, if you're not in close proximity, people are gonna lift you up, you're gonna drop out of the race. You need to be drafting off of role models, people. You know, we talk mentor, 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 mentor. Well, I believe in mentoring. I was mentored organically by so many people. I was talking to someone this morning mentoring me because I was up close to proximity to them and I could see their attitude and their desire to praise God in every circumstance. I could see their gratitude filled lives. I never got over it. You won't either. You won't either. Get close, stay close, draft off of gratitude filled people. They'll help pull you along. They'll encourage you. It'll change the atmosphere. Well, I need to wrap this up. What's the answer for all of this? I could talk more about Elijah and Moses, but I won't for now. What's the answer? What I'm trying to tell you today, where you are right now, practically speaking, I believe that the tipping and the turning point is gratitude in your life. Not just momentary, not just thank you, that's here and gone, but a posture that is filled with gratitude that points to God and praises Him at all times. That's the difference, really, between positive and negative. Do I need to remind you that 10 negative people kept Israel out of the Promised Land and cost them 40 years in the wilderness? The negative reporters? The non-gratituders, if you will? The faithfulness of God. God is pursuing you from the past. So far we can say, so God. And Psalm 23, 6a speaks to us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And the sovereignty of God is there. He's setting you up for the future. The best is yet to come, as it says in Ephesians 2.10. For you are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works with God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But he wants to walk in works with gratitude. I just want to tell you, God's got you. He's got this circumstance. The focus of your unwavering confidence is in the character and the promises and the nature of God. It's not self confidence that ultimately matters, it's God confidence that matters most. Let me say this strongly it is impossible to thrive without gratitude. We settle for so much less. Ah, pastor, you don't know my circumstance. No, I don't. God does. I may or may not. God does, and He wants you to look for His faithfulness and His goodness in all things. Will you do that? We may. That's, that's a kind of commitment that we need to make. It's it's not going to do any make any difference in our lives hearing a message like this unless we plug our lives into and say, God, this spirit the spirit is talking to me. Oh, don't we like to shovel message? I wish my husband, my wife, my my my, my employer, my no. You changed changed the atmosphere with your attitude of gratitude. Let me end with this. J.I. Packer had a doctorate from Oxford University, served as the general editor of the English Standard Version of the Bible, and he taught theology at Regent College. He wrote more than 50 books, including the classic Knowing God. Some of you know about that book. Here's what he wrote, I love this, and this goes to the whole purpose of gratitude to me. The purpose of theology, the study of God, is doxology, he wrote. In fact, as a professor, every single class, he would start the class by singing the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Maybe we ought to be doing that more, do you think? Do you think? And maybe we ought to stand and applaud God after we do that around the, around the table. The goal of knowledge and study isn't just for the sake of, it's truly worship. And someone has written, I've seen this repeatedly, that what we don't turn into praise turns into pride. In other words, we'll start taking credit for it. But an attitude of gratitude, that'll always point to him who is worthy of all our praise. Well, what are you waiting for? Delayed gratitude is really ingratitude. And I want to tell you, I use this phrase over and over again. God deserves desires and delights in your gratitude driven worship so we say a lot around here pray now pray now pray now and we love that but maybe we ought to also say praise now praise now praise now agreed and don't stop begin with gratitude to god the almighty and let it flow Make that your present tense posture by faith right now, moving forward. And I just want, to, I want you to think about it in these closing moments before we go into baptism. Think about who has left fingerprints on your life. Make a list, track them down, just to say, thank you for your investment in me. I am filled with gratitude. I have a best friend. He's been on a kick in recent years. He just out of the blue, tracking people down that touched his life and writing them or calling them or texting them or email them, it's just overwhelming the response that he's gotten in return. Gratitude is the starting point. Hear me, please. Gratitude isn't dependent on getting what you want. It is appreciation, it's appreciating what you had or what you have and saying, God, I'm going palms up right here, right now. And by the way, if you're stressed out today, I'd say start with gratitude to get out of the funk. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite life verses is what? John 12, 28a. Father, bring glory to your name. I've got news for you. Gratitude. Look at me, everybody. Online, look at me. My grandkids in the back of the car are riding home from Florida. Look at me right now. Look at me. Gratitude brings glory to God. And all the people said, And so we're gonna be filled with gratitude as we switch gears and go into time of extended worship and baptisms. We're thankful we do this on a regular basis. So I'm gonna invite those who are being baptized to come and join us, if they will, and stand along the front.